Today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. We all know how crazy life is, and uh, you might just be living life, doing your normal thing, and all of a sudden something massive happens. Maybe it's just something as simple as a broken bone, or maybe it's something really big. I just met a friend recently who, healthy family, healthy wife, and they got very unexpected cancer diagnosis. And maybe that's your story or somebody that you know, but any of these things can happen in pregnancy, medical emergency, things just like could very quickly happen uh, when it comes to healthcare. And that's where Samaritan Ministries comes in, connecting hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation who care for one another spiritually and financially when a medical need arises. You get to choose your doctors, your treatments, and the hospitals that are right for you. Afterwards, your medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries. They notify members to pray for you and send money directly to you to help pay those bills. Biblical, it's affordable, and you can join today, which is great. When the body of Christ comes together to pray, to encourage each other, and to provide for one another, that's when you see burdens lifted and God is glorified. This happens in all areas of life, including healthcare. If you're interested in learning more about Samaritan Ministries and their community, you can go to SamaritanMinistries.org forward slash dad tired. Again, that's SamaritanMinistries.org forward slash dad tired. As I'm recording this episode, I can hear my one-year-old behind me trying to fall asleep, and so she's crying and screaming. So you may hear that as well. <laughs> I guess that's kind of what makes the Dad Tired Podcast the Dad Tired Podcast, is we can all relate to trying to put babies down for bed. Speaking of which, we have used taking care of babies to try to help sleep train all of our babies. And it's worked fairly well, although if you start hearing my baby cry in the background, I don't know if I'm a good endorsement. <laughs> Anyway, this is an ad or anything. Taking care of babies, just a friend of mine. She does great stuff. You can look her up on. She's got a big Instagram following and stuff. But if you have any little ones that aren't sleeping very well and you're trying to figure that out, she's a great resource. Taking care of C-A-R-A babies. You can tell her Jared sent you. So my kids started school this week. We homeschool, but we're part of this. They do like a Latin, classical Latin hybrid. So they go to school twice a week where it's like a full school day. They do all their instruction there. And then they come back Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we do homeschool the rest of the week. And starting this week, they started to memorize Joshua 1.9. So we're all sitting at dinner and they're reciting their memory verse, Joshua 1.9. And which was cool, just to, anytime I hear my kids, man, quote scripture and try to memorize scripture, I'm always like, I'm inspired by that. I'm challenged. I'm like, I need to be doing that more as well. And I'm also just reminded how much of a sponge they are. Like they just, it's crazy how much they can absorb and they can repeat so many things back. If we, we should be filling their brains more with like good godly stuff because it really is a sponge, the things that just get stuck in those little brains. But anyway, so they're memorizing Joshua 1.9 and I asked them, I'm like, hey, do you know the context of that verse? And they didn't know, they barely knew what the word context meant. So I had to explain what that means. I'm like, what, who was, where is this passage found? Like, what was God saying? Why was he saying it? Who was he talking to? Which PS for any of us who are trying to study the Bible and learn the Bible, those are very good questions to ask. I think Chris said that in one of his podcasts. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he shared it on one of the Dad Tire podcasts I recorded. But he said, essentially, like, you should never read a verse, a Bible verse, I don't know if that's exactly how he said it, but essentially like read passages, read chapters, read whole books. So you get the context of what's happening there. And so I was asking them, like, do you understand the context? And they didn't know. And so I was telling them about how Moses, this guy who felt completely unqualified to do the work of God, God had called him to this big task of rescuing the slaves out of Egypt. And Moses felt totally ill-equipped to do that. And he was like trying to talk God out of it. Like, ah, man, God, there's got to be someone better than me to do it. And yet God says, 
This isn't about you. This is about me. And I will make you qualified. I will equip you to do the work that I'm calling you to do. And so Moses leads this massive group of people through the desert toward the promised land. And then he dies. And uh, Joshua, this young leader named Joshua, is taking up the mantle. And now he's going to be leading this massive group of people to the promised land. And so I was trying to give them context of that. But I want to read you this passage. It's just nine verses. I ended up reading it to them at the dinner table. This is a verse that I've, I've written about in the Dad Tired book. I teach about it. Almost every conference that I teach, I use this passage. And so I want to read it to you. If you've read the books or you've heard me teach, you've probably heard this stuff before, but just listen to it again. And uh, if you haven't heard it, maybe listen to it for the first time here. I think you'll be encouraged by it. So listen to what it says now that you know the context. Joshua 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. That's verse 2, which, by the way, is one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture because (laughs) it's just so matter-of-fact, so to the point. Like Moses is a big deal. They've written movies about him, tons of books about him. He's a big figure in the Bible that everyone knows about Moses, and yet this is how God is describing his death. Joshua chapter 1, verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Why was God so kind of flippant about just Moses is dead? Well, one, death has no sting for God. He looks at things from an eternal perspective. And so, you know, Moses is with me now. Like, don't weep for him. Like, things are better. (laughs) So one, just the grand eternal perspective for God that we see on display in this verse. And number two, the story doesn't end. Like, just because Moses is dead does not mean that things quit. Like, the Bible doesn't end there and God's not freaking out. Like, oh my gosh, okay, I called him and now what are we going to do? I'm going to scramble for somebody else. Listen, God knows the whole story. And so Moses is dead. Next, we're calling somebody else. The kingdom moves on. The story of God moves on. That should be an encouragement to you, even if we just stop there. Like things are going to happen in your life. Things are going to be feel huge to you, overwhelming, story-stopping to you. And yet, God would say, next, like we, the kingdom moves on. Things keep going forward. Zoom out. There's a bigger story happening around you. And so God says to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, the story goes on, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and to the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the land of the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. This is the verse that my kids memorized. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you 
wherever you go. For some reason, when I read this passage, the sense I get is a father talking to a son who he's about to call into something massive that's way bigger than him, that he's in over his head, and the son is scared, and he's terrified, like, I don't think I'm cut out for this. I'm not ready for this. Are you sure there's not somebody else who can do this? And the father, God, looking at his son saying, listen, son, I know this is scary, but be strong be courageous, be strong, be courageous. Three times in nine short verses, God says to Joshua, be strong, be courageous, be strong, be courageous. I think he does that because Joshua, I imagine, just feeling the context of what's happening, the the scenario of what's happening around this passage, around these verses, Joshua is probably terrified. God, there's got to be somebody better than me to go do this. And God, the Father, talking gently and sternly challenging his son, calling his son to rise up. Joshua, I know you're scared, but be strong, be courageous. Do not be discouraged. You're going to be prosperous. I'm with you. Your territory will be great. No one will be able to stand against you. Like he's just, I'm with you, Joshua. I'm calling you to crazy things and I've got your back. I'm not going to leave you. Reminds me of when Jesus was telling his disciples about the Holy Spirit. He was saying, listen, I'm going to leave. I'm going to die on a cross, but listen, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I will be with you. I'll put my spirit in you. I will be with you. I'm not leaving you. In the same way, it feels like God is telling Joshua, Joshua, I'm with you. I will not leave you. Be strong. Be courageous. This is what God does throughout the whole scriptures. He's constantly calling people into really, really scary things. And then he's telling them, listen, I know you're terrified, but be strong. Be courageous. A few years ago, I was reading this book called The Happiness of Pursuit. And the premise of the book, it's not a Christian book. It's a short read. It's really interesting. But the premise of the book is essentially that we as humans, it's not the pursuit of happiness that makes us happy. It's actually the happiness comes from the pursuit. Meaning if you're not pursuing something, you're going to find yourself without joy. Now, I don't fully, as a follower of Jesus, I don't fully believe in that premise. I I can't get on board fully because I think the deepest joy that we actually experience is in Christ and Christ alone. Just knowing you're a son of God. Like regardless of what you do, what you can accomplish, you are a son of God. And he loves you and he delights in you. If you get nothing done this week, if you get nothing done this year, or even in your lifetime, you have no accomplishments to look back on. The biggest accomplishment of your life, the biggest thing that you can hang on the wall is that I am loved and delighted in fully by God as his son, and I don't have to earn it. That's amazing. And that that truth is good news. That's the source of our joy, our deepest satisfaction. Now, that being said, I do think there is something about chasing after something bigger than yourself that actually brings out a different kind of joy. And man, dude, I meet so many guys who are just feel like they're just kind of trudging through life, looking for the next thing. I I feel this, and I've heard a lot of my friends talk about this. Like You always kind of feel like satisfaction or joy is around the next bend. You know what I mean? Like, ah, once this particular thing in life is done, once I get through this thing, then we'll finally feel joy or satisfaction or we'll be in a good place as in our marriage or as a family. Bro, I think that's like one of the most clever and tricky tactics of the enemy and lies of the enemies. He just, we're the rabbit chasing after the carrot and the carrot's always just around the next corner, around the next bend. Okay. Once I do this at work, 
once I have this much in the bank account, once I buy this thing, once we have this many kids or this thing happens or my wife does this or whatever the thing is, like once we get there, then I'll finally, then I'll be able to like, ah, all right, we're resting. Bro, it's, <laughs> I mean, you know it's not true because you've been doing that your whole life, right? And I'm speaking to myself here. <laughs> I'm convicted even as I say that because I, I, I'm there. But we've been doing this literally our whole lives. It's just, man, once I graduate high school, then I'm going to feel fine. <laughs> oh, that didn't happen. Okay, then once I get here, once I get a job, once I get married, once I have kids, once I have the house, whatever the thing is, it just doesn't ever seem to quite satisfy us. And so we just keep chasing and chasing and chasing after things. And what happens is we have a lot of men who just keep chasing after things and there's never quite satisfied. And so we just keep looking for the next hobby to fulfill us. And this is why I think you see a lot of dudes our age who are chasing after things that are really silly. Again, I've talked about this in the, the Dad Tired book. I've talked about this in the Stop Behaving devotional. I teach about this almost every time I'm asked to teach. But you have a lot of guys, like our churches are filled, our communities are filled with dudes who are really, really bored because they're just chasing after either silly or sinful things. So silly things could be just like, I got to watch the game today or I'm going to jump into it. I know a lot of dudes right now, you're jumping into your fantasy football leagues, you're drafting it all out, you're geeking out, you're doing the research. What are you doing, really? And I'm not bashing that, bro. I've been, I play tons of fantasy football. I've done, you know, I watch all the sport, bro. <laughs> Here's a dumb one. I, this week, if you tracked like the amount of hours I spent watching the the pre-qualifiers to the Little League World Series. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to even say this. It's embarrassing, bro. Like the amount of time I've spent watching, not even the Little League World Series, the pre-qualifier, the games that will help get these kids, kids my son's age, into the, <laughs> so dumb, into the Little League World Series. My wife literally was like, she just started laughing out of nowhere. I'm like, what's up? And she's like, why are you watching this? I'm like, I don't know. For some reason, extremely intrigued with these uh, Little League World Series kids. Even though I coach my son, he's their same age in sports. And I can go do that. Like, I can volunteer my time. But for whatever reason, it's on ESPN 10. And I'm super interested in this Little League World Series game. Why? Because my heart just, we love little battles. That's what sports is. It's a little battle on the field. Who's going to win? What's the underdog? Take a risk, go for something big, do something that's crazy, do a story. You know, you hear these stories with these kids. They, this town has never made it to this championship. Wouldn't it be cool? Whatever your thing is, you know, whether it's the Little League World Series or your fantasy football team or you're collecting cards or cars or toys or money in your bank account, all of it is just kind of little battles to get your heart rate up a little bit. And so I say all of that because I think. Those aren't the kinds of things that God would be looking at us in the same way that he looked at Joshua and said, be strong, be courageous. Like, would God need to give us that commandment today in our life? Just pause for a second and think about your life. Would God need to look you in the eye like a father would to a son who's about to call him into something big and scary? At this season of your life, would God need to look you in the eye and say, son, I know you're scared, but I'm calling you, man. Be strong. Be courageous. I'm, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm with you. I'm with you, son. Don't be scared. Like, would God need to say those words to you right now? Or are you like, ah, I don't know, dude. Like, there's nothing really in my life that I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really feel like there is anything. I want to tell you something that scares me, something that's been on my heart for a while. Honestly, I'm scared to even talk about it. I did an episode like this maybe last year, last summer. And then, the, I don't know, I'm, 
you can see I'm like fumbling my way to just try to say it because it's scary to me. But something God's laid on my heart for years and I've, I've just been afraid to talk about it out loud. It's not like I'm not going to like, you know, confess any major sins or anything like that. Uh, it's just this dream that I've had on my heart that I've been thinking about and I've been praying about, but it feels too big. And I'm trying to figure out, and this is something that, you know, I think a lot of us are in. It's like, is this God? Is this the lunch I ate? Did I eat like, I shouldn't have eaten that much Captain Crunch for cereal, you know, for multiple reasons. But do, like, am I just, do I feel weird physically for some reason? Or is this God telling me something? So I feel like that. Here's the thing. We have the Dad Tired Retreat coming up in this fall, which super, super excited about it. If you didn't sign up, I think you missed registration. You could try. And bro, I don't, I'm supposed to like close registration because the camp needs it. And I really do have to close it because they need hard counts. But if you're listening to this this week and you really want to get in, you're just now hearing about it, shoot me an email, hello at dadtire.com and we'll see if we can make that work. Anyway, we have the retreat this week or this fall and I want a bunch of guys to come and I've heard a lot of either an email or just from friends that I've invited to come. They're like, bro, to break away, to like get a flight, to break away from my family, to leave my wife with the kids. I'm already at work all week and now I'm taking a weekend away just by myself. I don't even want to ask my wife to do that. And so it just kind of, as I've heard that a few times, which I totally get, dude, like if that's your story, I totally understand that. But as that's come up a few times, it's kind of brought to the surface this dream that I've had for years. And I had this dream of having like dad tired, actually owning a facility, even saying that like scares me because I'm like that dude, that's not even realistic, but just having this facility, essentially like a camp where we could do family camps where you could actually bring your whole family. And what I picture is during the week, we have a, a team that's just working with your kids. They're pouring into your kids. They're having tons of fun, but also learning cool gospel story stuff. And at the same time, the wives are getting equipped. The husbands are getting equipped like during the morning sessions. Okay. We wives break out, husbands break out, kids break out. You guys all do your own thing. Then maybe there's some family activities around lunchtime. And then in the evening time we do like maybe family sessions or like marriage sessions together. And it's just like, it's a training ground. It's something where the whole family can come and participate, but it's a training ground of what does it look like for our family to be completely shaped and transformed by the gospel and being sent out to the world. You guys know this about me. I believe more than anything, more than laws and politicians and all the thing, crazy stuff that's happening in our world, more than anything, we need dads to step up and we need families to be healthy, like make babies, be fruitful, multiply, raise kids who love the Lord and send them out and to be salt and light to the world. I truly believe families, healthy families, healthy dads, leading healthy families is going to be the thing that changes our country and our world. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. And yet, you know, we break out like in these silos, like, okay, we're going to equip the dads and maybe moms have their study and then we'll send the kids to summer camp. But what if there was like a a camp or a, a facility where we could all come together and be equipped for the gospel's sake, like an actual training, not just have fun, although there'll be tons of fun, but like an actual training facility. And then during the year, it's used for like, okay, let's do things for the men. Let's do things for the moms. Let's do marriage retreats. Let's do things for guys who just, they got their sin got exposed and their marriage is about to fall apart. Let's bring them in. Let's see healing in marriages. Let's see guys who've dealt with some really serious trauma. Let's get them in and like do some counseling for a week or whatever. Like the thing could be used anyway, it would be amazing. And I go speak at these camps all year 
And I, I just spoke at this camp and there, I was asking the story, I'm like, how'd you guys get this facility? And they're like, oh, I just sat here forever. Nobody really wanted it. It used to be a camp and then it was just sitting here. And so they, they sold it to them for like, I don't know, ridiculously low price. I'm like, gosh, we could do that. Like there's gotta be more facilities out there that are just sitting for sale or just somebody knows this massive piece of property that they're just like, man, how could we use this for the glory of God? I tell you that one because it scares me to death. I can think of 38 reasons right off the top of my head why that doesn't make sense, why it wouldn't work, and why this, it just you shouldn't even think about it twice. But this is a thing that keeps coming up in my heart. I'm like, man, this would just, I see so much kingdom impact if we could do this. So I tell you that one just to tell you that's something that scares me. That's something that gets me more excited than fantasy football and Little League World Series because it feels kingdom-minded. It feels like something that God would have to say, Jared, I know that's a big dream I've put on your heart. This is something I'm planning to do, and I'm planning on using the dad-tired ministry to do it, and I know you're scared, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. Be strong. Be courageous. I'm with you. Be strong. Be courageous. That's something that I feel like that, okay, that excites me. That gets me. That's more than me just trudging through life. That feels like something God could be calling us to. So I tell you that one, just as an example two because I know maybe a hundred people, I don't know how many people I know, but maybe, you know, let's just say I know a hundred people. So that's my network. But I put that out there. Like, I'm just going to say it out loud. There's a bunch of dudes who listen to this podcast. Maybe you have a massive piece of property, or maybe you know someone who does, or maybe you've heard of a camp. Maybe you work at a camp, maybe something like that already exists and I don't know about it and we need to partner with them. So I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not asking you to do anything, but maybe you just, me saying all that triggered something in you. If it did, shoot me an email and then just pray, dude. What if we had 10,000 guys right now just praying like, all right, God, would you give us an opportunity if, if that resonated with you? And you're like, all right, that would be super cool. I'd love to take my family to something like that. Dude, just start praying with me and let's just see what God does. Maybe he surprises us. Maybe the story isn't about us. Maybe it's something bigger. Maybe it's something that gets passed on for generation and generation and tens of thousands of lives are changed. Tens of thousands of men are equipped for the sake of the gospel. Tens of thousands of families are shaped and equipped and trained to be sent out into a world that desperately needs to see what it looks like to have healthy, joy-filled, satisfied people who are salt and light in the world. So that is number one. I would just ask you to pray. And then number two, I want you to think about for your own life, man. What is it God's calling you to that scares you? Maybe you're like, ah, dude, I don't really know. Like I, I'm watching the Little League World Series and I'm like, there's got to be more than this. Maybe God has more for you, man, and more for your family. And it doesn't need to be something huge like buying a camp or starting a camp. Maybe maybe it's just, dude, maybe you've, you stumbled across this podcast. Maybe you've been listening to this podcast and maybe the huge thing that scares you a little bit that you feel totally not qualified for is just to get serious about leading your family well. And I know that might sound like cheesy or cliche and you're just like, ah, come on, it's gotta be bigger. Dude, that's a huge thing. And maybe that's what God's calling you to. Maybe he's calling you to give up the hobby, like to not play fantasy football this year or to stop playing golf, or to do whatever the thing you're doing that's taking a bunch of your time. Maybe God's saying, I want you to cut that out, and I want you to take seriously leading your family well. And maybe you're like, ah, no, I can't do that. Like, I don't even know how to do it. I'm stumbling my way. I don't know what to say. Maybe God's saying, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. This isn't about you. Story's bigger than you. I won't forsake you. Be strong. Be courageous. I know you feel unqualified. You are, but don't worry. I'm going to make you qualified. I'm going to be with you. Lead your family well. Cut out some things in your life. Cut up that hobby that you love. Tell your friends, hey dude, I can't actually play this year. I'm sorry. Can't play this weekend. Golf. I can't go this thing. Boss, I can't work these extra hours. I'm sorry. You're not going to make as much money. You're not going to have as much fun, but maybe it means you're going to lead your family well. 
And that's the thing that God's calling you to that scares you. Maybe that's it. I don't know, dude. Maybe it's adopting a kid, fostering a kid, quitting a job, moving to a new city. I don't know what the thing is. Maybe there's someone in your life right now who you have major friction with, a sibling, a parent, your spouse, a boss, something that's just like, you know, this thing is always in the back of your mind. You're always thinking about it. You try to not think about it and it just keeps popping up. And you're like, ah, I don't want to be the first one. They need to be the one to say, sorry, this was their fault. This was their thing. They need to own it. Maybe, maybe the scary thing is to say, listen, even though they wronged me, I'm going to be the first to forgive. And I know life's short and we're all going to be dead soon. And I don't want to be dead with having this thing not resolved. And so maybe you got to pick up the phone or maybe you got to meet them face to face or text. I don't know what it is. And you got to say, listen, there's something between us and I don't want to die with this thing still between us. I love you. I care about you. I know there was something, but let's restore this relationship. Maybe even me saying this right now, your heart is racing. You're like, I can't do it. And God would say, son, be strong, be courageous. I'm with you. I know what I'm asking you to do feels like you can't do it, but you can. I'm with you. Be strong. Be courageous. What's your thing, man? What scares you? It's all bigger than Little League World Series. You know what I mean? I think God's calling us to bigger stuff. I think, man, if you just feel like there's something, you're just trudging through life and it feels mundane, there's a reason that you listen to this podcast. There's a reason God gave you your spouse. There's a reason God gave you the kids you have. And he's got more for you. And so maybe today, before you move on to the next podcast or jump into work or your next meeting or send that next email, maybe you just ask God, Lord, I want to be scared for your glory. I want to be in a position. I want you to call me into something that's bigger than me, that you'd have to look me in the eye and tell me to be strong and courageous, to not be scared. Remind me that you're with me. God, I I want to be in that kind of place that scares me a little bit for your glory. Pray that God answers that prayer for you guys, gives you clarity, that you lead your families well, that you move into things that are bigger than you, bigger than your own story, things that have an eternal perspective, things that will last for generations to come. I love you guys. I'll see you next week.